Hi, this is Jim Myers, and I'm here with my fellow partners, the Weird Guys. We are Weird Films, and uh, Car Talk isn't on right now, so we decided we would uh, stay up and chat on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. So, join us. Listen. Good evening, America, and all the ships at sea suffering from tryptophan poisoning after a lovely Thanksgiving. It's TalkCast 109, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and, uh, you know, <laughs> we're taping on a different night, it's a weird night, all kinds of crap's been going on, it's a weird week, and, 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 yeah, so, <laughs> so welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Really, dogs and cats living together, it's the end of the world, and I feel Mercury's like, uh, in retrograde. Again? Um, yes. Yes, again. I, I hate when that happens. <laughs> Deep in Area 51, who the hell knows what's going on? I am the dome. Do- joining. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> ah! I feel like I'm doing Bobcat Goldthwait tonight. Oh my God. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Revere Time Vortex, the girl with the dragon tattoo and, and two uh, annoying cats, it's Kriana, our princess of snark. How hey, are you, honey? Mal just aims to misbehave. Leave him alone. <laughs> He's got a big heart. Aww. Like Sagittarius? <laughs> Not saying nothing. We're going to be missing uh, the Zombrarian tonight, but we know that somewhere deep in the heart of the Connecticut woods, she's listening to us live we love you zombra yeah she's not listening need <laughs> <laughs> to break it to you it's just not from the four color vault of comics in manchester <laughs> new hampshire it's our buddy the guy with the sharpened pens and pencils mr inker himself <laughs> illustrator x i'm listening i'm here uh the answer is 12 i'm sorry what class is this the answer was 42, actually. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I have not woman done any screaming of this podcast for his with pants. I'm not going to do any now. <laughs> and the woman for him screaming to put his clothes on. Our lovely ingenue, the princess of darkness, with a side order of gloom, the dead redhead. Good evening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed your turkey. Gobble. Gobble. And she'll be around for the- <laughs> Illustrator X. From the Alpine Gallifrey Maniac Catch and Release Center in Indiana State University's basement, it's Captain Segway himself, awake by Java. You know, uh, the agency director in the sky was looking down on me tonight, and somehow I managed to ha- find all of the ingredients for a white Russian, which yes. just makes sense. I'll take one. Wow. Have a white because Russian on Black Friday. Good for you. <laughs> and. and it it really fits because an Asian just came in and pissed on my carpet. What? <laughs> wow. And he paid good money for wow. the Asians. Shades anyway. of things to come. <laughs> I'm wearing my house shoes and sunglasses inside. Man. Dude, we were counting Thinking on you to be the only one awake. Inside. If on the web... You ever ran across uh, an incredibly cool website called Tiki Bar TV? You are familiar with our guest tonight, who is Dr. Tiki himself from Tiki Bar TV, Jeff McPherson, who's here tonight to talk about his new project, Code Runner. Jeff, you back with us yet? Aloha. I certainly oh. am. <laughs> I am. Look at how this shit works. This is amazing. It's like science. Welcome to, welcome to tonight's Fiction. edition of Cool Shit We Like. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to it. I'm revved up, ready to go. 
And uh, that, that's a shame about your, your, your rug, your, your carpet. It really tied the room together, didn't it? It did. <laughs> no, but it's really cool about the Asian. <laughs> Just saying. Ew. But anyway. <laughs> Moving right along. Don't oh, stop boy. being creepy. Come on. It's early. Sorry, it comes with the territory. Who's standing by with the sound effects? Uh, Me. Okay. Yeah, what would you like? Rihanna. How about this? Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> we really do need a sound effect for for gobble 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 because our poll this week, our poll this week was all about food. There that he goes, Captain. Lovely segue. segue. It's true. It's true. And we had a poll this week where we asked people who was the hungriest sci-fi character. And I got to tell you, our our audience just loves the old school. It keeps oh rolling. The hungriest. The hungriest. Well, and the hungriest. Yes. Hungry yes, for what? <laughs> well, the uh, number one answer was the Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. So I guess it's for body <laughs> oh, parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, tasty. That's speed, Miss Seymour. Very good. <laughs> Very nice. good. Awesome. I guess Cookie Monster doesn't really qualify as sci fi, does he? Spoilers. <laughs> it would have been nobody added the cookie monster. So, but the next two, Audrey two came in first, and the next two was a tie for second place between Slimer from Ghostbusters and Galactus from Marvel Comics, who yes. eats everything. I was, was going to say, let's, let's <laughs> put this in the context. Yes. Yeah. Slimer, yeah. the little green thing, which had a two-second appearance in the movie. And Galactus Devourer of Worlds. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand that Slimer was, was his own franchise. I mean, he had That's his right. own yeah, he had his own Kool-Aid much, flavor. How much screen time did he get? You still can't get green heist anymore. It, <laughs> yeah, it was it was only a few seconds. It was probably only a minute or two at the be, uh, near the beginning but, of the film, and then he showed up again at the end. But, but then he but, had a whole yeah, cartoon and stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah, he was right. in the cartoon. He, he had his own cartoon series. No, no, he had his own cartoon series. But he was there on the cartoon series cartoon series. And everybody no, loved no. him so much that he got his own series. What? No, wow. There were actually a, two different Ghostbusters cartoon series. One was oh, just called Ghostbusters. One. That weird, weird one. And the second one, one was called Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because the first one, the Ghostbusters one, had three different people. It wasn't, it wasn't even like related to the character. franchise at all. Oh, no, right? Because there was an original show back in the like a live action show in the seventies. Oh, Bob Burns played the gorilla in that. And it it was God, you're right. Which is why the cartoon <laughs> of the movie had to be called the Real Ghostbusters. And they had the two guys from F Troop, Horace Kelly, and, and Larry Storch. Horace Tucker and and Forrest Larry Storch. Horace yeah. Tucker and Larry Storch. Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch. Well, I'm glad to see they went on to a, a varied career there uh, between F True and <laughs> acting with a guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> and there was a difference where? We have, we have Scooter in the chat room. He said not only did he have Kool-Aid, he also had the ecto-cooler high C. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, it no. was... Only he would know that. <laughs> I, I think I had that as a kid. <laughs> uh, I, I know that I did. Because what is that? I need to see a picture of that. What is that again? High C ecto. Yeah, basically ecto cooler high C. It was just another juice drink that was also it, green. No, it was okay. it was green high C like until soft. Ghost until Ghostbusters the movie came out and then suddenly it was ecto cooler. Right. Right. The, yeah, the, the really the really confusing thing was that it was the exact same color as the slime that came with the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle toys. <laughs> and so you couldn't. Uh, you that could, things you know, happened related to that. I mean, wow. I'm just saying that in the 80s, I probably ate more chemicals than <laughs> you Galactus. Probably. Okay, geek, geek, geek trivia question here. What is ectoplasm off the top of your head? Ectoplasm is actually... Like, how did they make the plot? Yeah. Like, how did they make the prop? Or, like, what is it within the context of the movie? Like, more I mean, what did they, what yeah, what did they name it? Was it Ramus that, uh, uh, Harold Ramus that describes what it is? Oh, yeah, go- mood, mood slime. I thought it was like, I can't remember, but it's some kind of, yeah, it's mucus. So, really, the kids were having a mucus-themed um, uh, beverage. 
Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you got it. That's a, he can eat anything. Holy <laughs> fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what we talk about on the Thanksgiving weekend episode. <laughs> well, hey, you kids, know, it's there, mucus. <laughs> there are a lot of things. Yo, lucky my man. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be heavy on the sound effects tonight, kids. <laughs> so, well, there aren't there aren't too many things to talk about. It's it was a really slow week. You but had... hold on, hold on, hold on, Java. I just wanted to thank everybody who voted and tell them to please vote. We will have a new one up by tomorrow. And where would that be? That would be on our Facebook of for Sci-Fi Saturday Night. So get on there and vote. And we're still trying to get a hundred votes in. Because yeah. you know, it's the... Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. There we go. And stuff. I liked it. <laughs> of course, if, if you haven't had enough of, uh, you know, superheroes, you could have always watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because... Oh, wait, they were filled with superheroes. Are you kidding me? Apparently. Stop. Well, yes. it, exactly. Apparently, uh, the cast of Spider-Man the Musical showed up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh my God! You say Spider-Man really? the musical, and I just can't help but start laughing. Wow. <laughs> now, know, what's the deal with that? Did it? Didn't it? It was pulled and it was reworked. <laughs> and did it? Is it done no, now? They died, but they no, died. No, it's really coming back. It's really? kind of devolved into a flash mob. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I've i felt bad this whole time just trashing that play without actually having seen it. But now I can honestly say, wow, does that suck. <laughs> What about, has anyone seen Evil Dead, the musical? I want no. the DVD. Uh, no. I almost bought the DVD. No. Of the but, musical? But you didn't buy the DVD but because it isn't officially released, and that would be wrong. Oh. No, it's going to get the money. <laughs> <laughs> I, to, I want Schwarzenegger to do the, the commentary for that. Here in Sci-Fi Saturday Night, we don't officially condone that behavior. His hand hand is attacking himself, which is a comical thing, because (laughs) it is not really frightening a movie after all, is it? (laughs) I know! It's not making sense to me. Um, Yeah, wow. Speaking of Evil Dead, though... Yeah, (laughs) Diablo Cody has been talking, because she has a tendency to do that. uh, Can... Concerning the Evil Dead remake, she says it's going to be very gory. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're making no bones about it. They're just going after the gore for as much as they possibly can at this point. And for as smart or as dumb as that is, to do That's the a- Evil Dead remake in the first point, mm. yeah. I'm not sure anymore. You know, there are some things you just don't do. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Next time wow. I try to remake Repo Man, and you know what? I'll just get... Didn't they already do that? You know, no, X, I have to disagree with you, because we live in an age where they will now remake virtually anything. Oh, they won't. yeah. They'll remake Take away virtually. Anything. They'll do anything. Anything. Yeah. I'm just I mean, I'm just waiting for the, the remake of F Troop, because the world needs more. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, well, this you know is what, Larry Storch. I wouldn't be surprised if the next remake was the Seriously Starship Troopers. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, well, nowhere to go but up. <laughs> you know what I thought would be a cool remake, though? It would have to be a cool remake. Um, no, no, I can't remember what it is. Come on, the cool Schwarzenegger <laughs> sci-fi movie. The one. Oh, Total Recall. Uh, Total Recall. But Total Recall done in a dark, um, I don't know, like District 9 f- uh, feeling. You know, like uh, less cartoony. Um, but I just think the story is that good, that cool. Are you saying it is a very, when, it is a very last, good story? When was the last one that Schwarzenegger did that wasn't a freaking cartoon one way or the other? <laughs> Kindergarten <laughs> Cop. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten Cop yeah, was the last uh, real uh, movie that he made. Pumping Iron. <laughs> well, you know, t- talking about doing things in a dark manner. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you know what? You got you can't do that. You got to let me get to it, man. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Do it again. I was going to have a segue for that one, too, but go where you want to (laughs) go. Well, I wanted to bring you (laughs) in, Kriana, because you had asked me a couple episodes ago because I was kind of trash-talking once upon a time. Okay, the wigs have gotten better. (laughs) So I I watched another episode of Once Upon a Time, but then I also watched the, uh, the marathon that they had of Grimm. 
And I like Grimm a whole heck of a lot better than I. I'm sorry. Once upon a time just doesn't do it for See, me. But I, I, I think, really loved Grimm. I think the opposite. I feel like Grimm is just getting weaker, and I'm disappointed because I actually did also like Grimm at the outset. I feel like the the B one especially was that the last one, the B one. Yes, it no, was. I think it's the third one. Yeah. Okay. See the one, one with yet. the people getting killed randomly in a flash mob. Really, really. Bee people. Well, I mean, I realize it I did guess... come from a story, but like of all the things you could have done with bee people, flash mob. Uh, well, as long as they don't look like John Belushi. And his partner, his like real uh, police partner, needs to die yesterday. Yeah, I got <laughs> that, That's the one badly used character that just doesn't have any sense being there right now. It, it like... could have been worse. It could have been Shy McBride. Well, if you're if you're in need yeah. of more people dying, you can always watch Dexter. And the, one of the greatest yeah. things that could possibly happen is that David Max not, Kabuki is going to be involved in the next yet. episode of Dexter, which yeah. is great. Way to go, yeah. David Mack. Uh, you know, he's such a great artist. I uh, actually, when David I saw Mack that... David is a great I, friend of the show, too. Yeah, I pulled out his book that he, that he signed for me at the Boston Comic Con last year and, and started perusing through it because I was really looking forward to it and you're always guaranteed a bunch of blood in dexter so if the pop horror television shows are letting you down go watch a good one but you know where we haven't seen that much blood there Walk we go <laughs> the walking dead <laughs> oh that's my cue that's your cue <laughs> See, I had one all set up. And See, then... yeah. I stepped back a bit. I thought, you know, I'm going to let you guys have your own show back. But, uh, <laughs> nah. Nah. Join the fun, Jeff. Come on in. So this is my opinion. I mean, I come to, I come to the zombie genre, I guess, with different um, – well, first of all, with a soft G. Do you say – oh, no, hang on a second. Americans say something with a soft G or a strong G. I don't remember what it is. Niche. Oh, niche, right? Do you guys all say niche? niche? No, I we got niche on that. I'm good with oh. that. Oh. We're, we're very you, sophisticated. It depends on whether I'm feeling now. particularly Minnesotan at this. Okay. <laughs> now, now that I think about it, there's absolutely nobody who would say genre in any other way. Would they get Genry? No, probably not. But that's okay. <laughs> genre, maybe. Or Genry. Genry. Um, yeah, oh, foyer. Anyways, totally off topic here. <laughs> um, but the zombie genre, actually, I didn't really appreciate the zombie genre until a friend of mine who I may or may not name drop, um, but he, he said, you know, the zombie genre is not about the monsters. I mean, it's fun, but the actual structure of writing and the story structure of a zombie show is about the characters uh, That's um, right. and, and the power struggle that ensues and who they are with one another. Um, That's right. and, um, and it seemed incredibly obvious now, but um, – not every zombie George movie's Romero like that. taught us that. George Romero yeah. taught us that so many years ago. Being a George Romero zombie, mm -hmm. um, I can say that. But yeah. no, George would always well, say that. Well, do you that. have to drop that every single show, really? I Seriously? don't drop it every really? show. <laughs> you know, are a zombie expert, right? No. <laughs> right. The, no. The, the same thing is true for, for vampires, though. Vampires are an archetype that in literature has a specific... Uh, you know, use and meaning, and it reveals a certain thing about the human experience. Uh, the only thing that the Twilight zombies have been revealing for people is seizures. <laughs> Twilight zombies? The, the zombies oh, in Twilight? No, there no. no the, Twilight. I'm sorry. The only thing that the Twilight vampires have been revealing yeah, for people. Wait, no. What's that glow over the seizures. hill? Oh, it's Atlanta. It's full of sparkly zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I joined a team the today. Center I'm for team Disease Cetus. Control. <laughs> but dead, dead redhead, you're the you're the resident zombie expert, right? Yes. I would like to, you know what? Maybe I could, maybe I could grow a pair and actually just say my opinion of of um, Walking Dead before asking the expert. Well, I love it. I, I just I'm 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 engrossed by it. For, for me, it's I'm one of the you, best yeah. zombie movies or TV series uh, um, that I've seen yet. Um, I like Romero, but I'm not. Thrilled. I mean, I, I always like Romero stuff, but I'm not thrilled with it. You know, it's like it doesn't really hold up. I, I'm probably going to get shot for this, but I really liked the remake um, of uh, Dawn of the Dead. I will and, not shoot you yeah. for that because I liked it myself. No, oh, good. Well, very and good. you're both wrong. And moving on. All <laughs> right. Like, X, X and I yeah. had big arguments <laughs> about that. But no, the, the big one for, I think, 
George's original Night of the Living Dead was groundbreaking for its time. It was groundbreaking in a whole lot of different ways back in 1968. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Dawn, the first Dawn was amazing when you saw it for the first time. I mean, this was the first time a movie that got an X rating that had nothing to do about sex. Um, nobody had ever seen oh. anything. It isn't. Nobody had, it's I mean, yeah, first. she's pregnant, it's not the but, first movie. but it, it was so groundbreaking at the time. There was, nobody saw anything like that. They never saw when a, the zombie bites the guy in the neck at the beginning, that very first bite. Nobody had ever seen anything like that before. So in their time, they were amazing. Um, Day, oh, and I, that's the one, you know, Day was the weakest of those three, and then we went into Land, which is just way over the top, and we all know you cannot get champagne in Uniontown, yeah. so George did not do and his now, homework now on that one. he's filming zombies on horses, and we're just going to turn into Walking Dead. Yes. So, no, I think so Walking Dead does a great job. At least the first season. We're starting to have some issues with yeah, the second Yeah, you know, I was season. just about to say that. You know, I, I, I liked the first season. I think of girl at this point. I liked the first season. But, you know, since all the budget cuts, I was hoping I wouldn't really notice the difference. But this whole thing with Sophia has just dragged yeah. on way too long. I'm Being at the of... farm has dragged on way too long. Yes. Um, well, yes and no. Let me, let me give you my take on it real quick. And, and then I'm, I'm just going to bow out and let everybody play. Um, zombie stories, the zombie genre, is, has little to do with the monsters themselves with the zombies. Well, that's what we just said. <laughs> right. That's literally it's, what you just said. <laughs> it's about it's about survivalism. Thank you, Kriana. Well, you right. That's the point. And the fact that they're sitting there safe on this little farm for now more than half the season is like really like stupid. But see, everybody's everybody's complaining about season two. Season two began with the zombie horde rolling through that interstate. And they blew and, their and it was wad in the first boring. episode because that's all they had the money to do was the one horde. And they said, all right, we're going to put this in the first episode, draw everyone in, get renewed, and then sit on the farm for the rest of the season. It's not a good plan. But I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think that's what's happening I'll, at all. Because when, when you're talking about survivalism, you're talking about grasping for moments of peace in that hectic uh, storm that they're living through. Okay, you're pontificating, and, they're, they're and then and the moment of peace does can. not need to go on for six episodes. It really hasn't, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, it has. I just, I've just spent the last three episodes dealing with the pregnancy. I know! Why Seriously? Why that take so freaking long to deal with? It wasn't in the graphic novel, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was dead already, right? Wasn't no, she no, dead? She did, in the no, she novel. got pregnant and she did have a child. Spoilers, sorry. Oh, oh right, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. See, I just, I, I'm, I, I'm just pissed at the whole thing because it, it seems to be dragging and dragging and dragging and and nothing, nothing is. Well, so it's interesting because uh, I was because I'm I'm starting to feel that way too. At, at the same time, I'm looking at wow. Well, there's this new style TV show, which I suppose, you know, started a few years ago, which is kind of subtle. It almost goes against, you know, the school of thought of drama, which is um, have a lot of conflict very often. And I suppose there is conflict in some of these cable shows, but it's, it's weird. It's a zombie show with some real, real subtleties and very gray areas. You know, I, I keep waiting for, you know, the, one guy to really turn on the other. Um, but it's almost... A, is what you're talking about, I agree with. It's kind of a little too subtle. I mean, it's still show business, right? It's still well, a show. Sure. It's still entertainment. I hated them, yeah. but like, I'm like, all right, time to move on. I think the graphic novels had a really good sort of pacing. And now, Java, you're going to yell at me. I'm going to compare it to the graphic novels, and I'm going to compare it to True Blood for a minute. True Blood was very, very loosely based on the Sookie Stackhouse books. And, you know, what they did in the first season was they took the one book, and it was the first season, and it worked out really nicely. But then what they did for the second season was they took a subplot that lasted all of two pages from the second book, and that was the main thing for the second season, and it dragged on forever, and it was just utterly ridiculous. 
ridiculous by the time it was done. Everyone was like, oh, phew, thank God that's over. And I feel like three episodes of pregnancy, that's where this is headed. Well, I think we can hope for the best, knowing full well that, you know, having fired Frank uh, Delabon right yeah. before we right before they started up may have been the stupidest thing they could have done. I can't and it was strictly a budgetary three issue. episodes to figure out there were zombies in the frickin' barn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit odd. Yeah, I mean, that was a bit of a surprise. Like, how are they expecting to keep that secret? The zombies, they're not quiet. Mm-hmm. And and how long were we supposed to expect Alf to keep away from that cat at the Tanners? I mean, I know. a full series. <laughs> you wants to eat it, but he doesn't eat it. This is going to be the episode. Well, thing, what point? Talk did about bringing things up that every been episode. An awesome series. That should have been the series finale. Just Alf with just just gutting this this cat. <laughs> just entrails all over the place. <laughs> lucky freaking scene for everyone. Yo, lucky my man. <laughs> What's the no problem? <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. Absolutely. A one hose. Oh my! Speaking of hungry, yeah, there's sorry, our turkey a day a tribute there. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, someone's doing H.A.R. Giger's Aliens on Ice. Must- <laughs> that should be interesting. And. And that's pretty much all there is to say about that. You know, honestly, I really don't think that. There we go. I don't think that any series or any any piece of media has reached its true potential unless it's been done on ice. So what you're saying is we're going to walk dead on ice next year? Wow, that would be awesome. Can you imagine zombies on ice? That oh, would be the best killer. show yeah. ever. Oh, Sliding yeah. into the audience. Wham. So I would like to hear I, I would like to hear from any of our um listeners. I heard that there were gonna be zombies at the malls and stuff today. That was gonna be part of Occupy's Today big, being Black Friday. Today being Black Friday, that that was gonna be part of Occupy's somehow their way Occupy of telling Oh, finally they'll get taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I think it'd be hilarious. I'd start putting like you know a Christmas stocking on its hat on its head or something, and be oh, like, yeah, but, oh, "Look at the cute zombie!" <laughs> but you know, if the Fox News editors will just be like, "Oh, it's Christmas is early. Look at that! <laughs> 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 Look at that! They did it themselves. We don't even have to <laughs> just show the footage." <laughs> the, the footage of the zombies be like Occupy Wall Street movement dying. <laughs> No, no, it's already dead. That's the point. See, it's our, there. now it, are we it, gonna get hate mail for this? Oh, we get hate uh, mail for everything. Come on, we get hate mail for everything we do. I totally support everything. <laughs> Another thing that's that's going to be uh, making a, a shift in media medium is uh, the Area Fifty One documentary, uh, which will is going to be created as a. Uh, television series, which I think sounds really great. If you haven't heard of the Area 51 documentary, it's an unses- apparently an uncensored history of the top se- secret military base at Doesn't Area 51. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> sorry, who's making it? I mean, is it? Yeah. So, this is uh, Gail Ann Hurd, oh. yeah. uh, and um, she she worked with. Roger Corman, and she worked on all kinds of movies like Terminator and Aliens and Armageddon. And she's worked on, actually worked on Walking Dead. Um, and she has optioned this book, Area 51 and Uncensored History, to make into a st- TV series. And it's supposed to follow two men who are working on the base, and then they uncover these secrets. Um, which sounds kind of interesting. It, it can't be that bad, right? Oh, no, you didn't just say you're, that. You're saying that with a straight face? It wow. can't be that bad? It can't be as, it can't be as bad as the, the re- latest Indiana Jones movie, right? Okay. No, it can't. No, it can't. <laughs> because uh, my, my childhood uh, is not deeply connected to Area 51. The, you know, the great inspiration to get into show business, it was not inspired by Area 51. But it certainly was by Indiana Jones. Was, and that's the problem. <laughs> Mine was. I actually live really? in Area 51, and that's my problem. 
you know, uh, you know, when we had Stanton Friedman on uh, a couple months back, and we talked about uh, that guy who, who professed to be from Area 51 and lied his ass off. I mean, you know, I can't think of the guy's name, Jeff somebody. Um, and we and we talked with Stanton about, you know, what may or may not be in Area 51 and what he knows and what he doesn't know. And he basically said, you know, I'll, I'm one of the, you know, most straightforward UFO researchers there is. And I haven't got a clue what's actually there, whether it's alien or not. And there's nothing to, to satisfy my suspicions one way or another. So, you know, this bothers me. A documentary. What kind of a documentary can this possibly be? It, it's not. It's a completely fictional series, I, I, and, oh, and that's okay. what I think is I, that, that's what I think is really great about it is that it's not really a documentary. It just presents itself as one. The book is is you know says that it's an uncensored history, but it's not. It's complete fiction, as right. is the TV series. So it's just know, a stream of swear words in the book. <laughs> or, or is it actually Sweet. research? Wow, I think it'd be funny if they they. Like three seasons in, they finally uncover it's the Blair Witch. Oh, that'd be sweet. The cat <laughs> no. from outer space. these little wooden stick things all over the place. Well, you know, holy oh. shit, where did this come from? Speaking of outer space. Uh oh. <laughs> so the rumor around is now that there will be tribbles in the next Star Trek movie. Awesome. You know, J.J. Abrams <laughs> was answering questions on. Uh, Quora is that the name? Of, yeah, that's it. Uh, the other the other day, and he wouldn't answer the question of what um, the what's the one guy's name? Uh, Benicio del Toro, who, who he was going to be in the movie. He wouldn't oh. answer that question. But I'm really hoping for Khan. He he did let a few things slip, and you know, I don't know. I it's in oh, go 3D. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and it, oh, it the, the, here's the biggest problem is that it's supposed to be a bigger scope than the 2009 Star Trek film. Like they're going to go bigger, more wow. lens flares. What does more, that mean? More, more lens flares. Yeah. Um, Why? And, and they're currently working on the third draft of the of the script. And uh, that mean, uh, I mean, let's... it's just been rewritten. It sounds like a sequel. It just mm. sounds like a sequel. Instead of the Sandman We're and expanding Venom. the universe to eight quadrants. <laughs> it's bigger. <laughs> eight quadrants. Yes, exactly. Yes. You get it. Good job. That makes yeah, sense. But you know, you, we could sell triples at like you know Burger King and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I, I would be a fan of that. Star Trek. Yeah. Now the deal with triples. I mean, I know about them, obviously. But why did they become so famous? Is it because it was such a stupid episode or because it was adorable? Or what's the idea behind Yes. It? I think it was it's such a, a stupid episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun episode. I got I no problem with stupid episodes. And yeah. stupid, and you can make them really easily. Right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, plus there was and, the and whole plus, thing. Plus, you know, of... Harry Mudd as a character was probably one of the best characters Star Trek ever came up with. Yeah. And, and not to mention, we had the Klingons in their gold gold lame. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, those are, that's the that's the type of Klingons that ended up being the sharks in West Side Story. There. <laughs> when you're a patach, you're a patach all the way. <laughs> Except for that's an insult, not a claim. Yeah. Didn't someone on this show uh, develop a video game? Oh, we should we should talk about that. Oh first. yeah, you know I'm sitting here thinking, was there a Klingon how to speak Klingon game? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I think I think this is a segue. So I'll stand back. <laughs> it's not much of a segue. Doctor Tiki himself, Jeff McPherson. Jeff, it is a real pleasure to finally have you on the show. Thank you very much, Dome. I appreciate it. I've been here for half um, an hour. I like being introduced. I know. <laughs> That's why we're we, going to reintroduce you, because people didn't realize you were actually here. For those of you at home who just joined us or weren't paying attention for the past half hour. <laughs> there you go. Dr. Tiki About himself. Five, Dr. Tiki himself. Tiki Cheers, TV everyone. was one of those cool places on the web 
a couple of years back where you could watch people drinking and having a good time. I still don't get how to play bunnies while I'm drunk. Well, then the difference is that they can't see us yet. That's right. Now, I got to tell you that we used to play the bunny game uh, at Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, we didn't because I was too drunk and couldn't remember the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of us can remember the rules. That was the best part. And we just sit there and watch it and, you know, and, and, and anyhow. And if you Tiki don't know Tiki what the hell we're talking about, there will be a link in the show notes. To yeah. Tinky Bar TV, which is still up. And yeah, it's still it's still um, it's still online. It hasn't been updated in quite a while, but yeah. And believe it or not, there's still an active community of people uh, in the chat rooms and stuff. We're still talking about it all the time. Just kind of I love those people. I love <laughs> those people. It's the best. Um, yeah, they're the kind they're, of people who are also our fans, which is great. Both of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we pay them well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In Turkey, okay, Grandma. No, um, yeah, t- we haven't uh, we haven't seen the last of Tiki Bar. There, ha- obviously, we haven't uh, put out much news about it. Around 2009, the show um, essentially went on to a hiatus uh, a bit quickly. Uh, kind of when the cast really now lives around the world. We've got Johnny Johnny in New York um, doing some work for a, a game company. He was off at Disney for a while. Um, Mister Ambassador is in Singapore at. Uh, Lucas Games. Uh, oh my! <laughs> Lala is in San Francisco, and I'm in Vancouver developing this game. But um, we um, we ha- haven't hung up the doctor's coat yet. And the nice thing about you know a show that you make yourself—it's literally homemade—is that when the time is right and uh, and the vibe is right, you can just all gather together and put your show back on. Totally. That's the best. Yeah, we, we know so all about in, that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We've actually, we went on hiatus, too, at one point. Yes, it had a lot to do with... Uh, Being fired from major, Clear Channel. Uh, <laughs> but, but yes, right? Bunch, bunch of guys in suits at Clear Channel going, get the hell out of our studio. We have a science fiction show? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> get that yeah, out Clear of there. Clear didn't much care for what we did. So we came here instead. So in 09, when the world split apart and the Tiki yep. Bar wasn't more. You became what? What happened to you between 09 and, and today? Where well, right at about that same time, um, we thought we, we might still be able to make the show, but the show had grown to such a size that it's one thing when, you, when you're structured in such a way that it's, um, it's free, there's no income, there's no money changing hands, there's no business involved in it at all. And it's clear what the thing is. But we had grown to such a size and had we're doing business deals and sponsorships and we had merchandise and um, that as the economy started to retreat, scaling down was almost we just we we just kind of couldn't you know what I mean it was it was odd we just we were like how do we go back to a free show now? Um, we had a space we had you know equipment um, and you know people's it, rather than growing people's we're getting more in demand. You know, the show led to some real opportunities for people. And, I, and we just kind of, you know, fate and the cast decided that we just had to go and we would figure out somehow what the future would be. But at that same time, um, Mr. Ambassador, Mike Ferraro, who is the uh, actual the game designer for the video game that I'd, we've just released, he had always been uh, helping on Tiki Bar TV, doing very cool things like a, a dancing skeleton and things like that. He, uh, I think he was working for Disney at the time <laughs> as an animation director. And on, on the weekends, he'd be like, yeah, I'd love to uh, um, help out, just do whatever I can. He did some, you know, some robot animations and things like that. And at one point he said, you know, we're, we're going to form a game company, so if you have any ideas for games, let me know. And I thought, well, I had this one idea that I had several years ago. And I was listening to uh, an audio version of George Orwell's 1984. And I was walking, and uh, it was downtown, it was raining, it was quite miserable. And the book is a terribly miserable book. I mean, there's really nothing cheery about 1984. And I thought, no, nothing at all. Oh, my God, no. And I thought, why not? why not really make a world and a game about this? Why can't I be the guy who's terribly oppressed by the government? And I thought, you know, 
the iPod at the time, <laughs> of course, why not? 1984, the game. The, the iPod at the time had, uh, um, it didn't really have the, the functionality or the ability to do anything, but the idea was still there. And I thought, you know, it's still a computer, right? That I'm holding this little iPod. This was, I think it was just prior to the iPhone coming out. But I was still thinking that we could do more. This could be, originally it was like a radio play idea, and I thought we can do more. It can know where I am. We can write it for specific areas. Then I started to combine that with a thought that I had when I was in Bath, or not in the Bath, uh, but in a, well, that, that's another story, but in England. <laughs> and I had gone for the, what we once thought were cheesy headphones for the uh, guided audio tour through these Roman ruins. And the vast majority of tourists were just walking by and stepping over things and looking at what was interesting. But there was this little trickle of uh, water going underneath our feet on the path. And the audio uh, tour knew where I was and triggered it. And, and it said, now look down. You're looking at the oldest continually functioning piece of plumbing in the world. It was installed and has never stopped in 900 years. Oh. And I'm looking at this and I'm going... I mean, literally, I get chills. I'm like, wow, look at that. And, and these two things, these two incidents that I had, they really, they had one thing in common, and that it was like, it was using technology to really enrich uh, an experience and really get an immersive, meaningful, personal experience for me. And so that was the genesis of Code Runner. And Code Runner is a, you are a spy, you work for the Department of Privacy, which is an Orwellian organization determined to have full and total understanding and, and control of the world's data. And when you install Code Runner, it fires up and you, you see the propaganda video and then it gets interrupted and your handler, Deep Five, tells you to go outside right away. You're under surveillance. And that's how your mission begins. You're, you've got your shoes on, your GPS is being tracked, and you're sent out on missions in your actual town, in your neighborhood, and you're being sent to specific locations to spy on people, to steal data, to sabotage devices. And I'll let you guys step in now because I realize I've gone on a little. Oh, oh, oh man. No, it's, it's wonderful kind of to hear about. Right now. Exactly. The, the genesis of this, of this game is just unbelievable. I, I can relate. I was reading, um, where is it? It's up on my shelf. William Gibson's book, Spook Country. Um, which deals with many of the same issues of of you know how does how do we interact with data that's all around us and and, and that's exactly what this game does it's kind of a, a geolocation game I, I'll just tell you I think that I'm the only one of the cast who's played the game and I was sitting on my couch um, and it was the night before the new Zelda game came out so I had nothing to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so okay, it was like it was probably about three three o'clock in the afternoon um and i said i had downloaded the game and i was sitting on my couch and i said oh, i'll check this out so i started it up and i saw the little thing and it came up with this list put shoes on have your headphones blah 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 and i was like yeah 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 whatever and then out of my phone comes jeff mcpherson's voice screaming at me telling me to get out of there and i'm rushing where are my headphones where ah my shoes and i i literally ran two blocks down the street with that with one shoe on <laughs> i was being told that somebody was had located me it was it was an unbelievable experience that i haven't often had in a game um where it it's specific it's it's my my world that this game has entered into. There's there's a bunch of alternate reality or or augmented reality games on the on the iPhone that I played that kind of try to do the same thing, but it's very it's Code Runner is a very personal game. I mean, it some someone is talk your handler is talking to you. They know who you are. And they know where you are, and they're speaking directly to you and telling you what to do. It's really a, a different experience than I've ever had before. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesomely yeah. creepy. How, how, what does, point, how, how did you make the iPhone do 
the things that it needed to do? What specifically makes this an iPhone game and works just for the iPhone? Well, I mean, Ryan Chapman, who's the technical lead, and Mike Ferraro are the guys who made it work. Um, and, um, and, I, and I certainly, you know, we, we were a team of the three of us who, who worked very hard. It was almost two years of working on it. Um, we certainly didn't think it would take that long. The reason it's on the iPhone, um, and we're looking at Android now, um, is that Thank you. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, we're really a company of three guys, so the, the only reason we didn't launch for both platforms is this is very experimental. We had no idea whether this would even be fun. Or, but um, it uses GPS. So it knows where you are. It also takes, we try as much as possible so that you don't have to suspend disbelief. So unlike certain other games where you walk up and they go, oh, there's, there's a monster in front of you. You're like, there isn't. I'm standing here and there's no monster there. So, so and Spy worked really well because you have, the world really would look like this if you were a spy. You would not have a special uh, outfit and nor would any other spy on the street, and a good one. And you are moving within range of, of your, your destination can be a government building, post office, or a bank. And if you get the password right, you using your screen, you're prompted, you get, in, uh, you get into their system and you... You enter a password and you're hacking and you're, you're looking at transaction logs and you can, uh, if you've acquired um, what we call a ferret, which is a, a type of malicious code that's meant to do a specific act, um, you upload that bank ferret and you can transfer funds from one account to another account. Um, and we try to make it very realistic. Wow. The, the code that you're looking at is, is authentic code if you had actually broken into an ATM. Um, I know I'm going to get a call now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Uh, but it, it, it's, um, I don't know if that answers your question, though, as to why we chose that. It, it, the idea of the personal experience of being a spy and, and this kind of, uh, I, I just I get ex- excited about dark worlds and oppressive governments. Um, <laughs> it, it, the technology allowed us to create this game and this experience uh, as opposed to looking at the technology and saying, well, what can we do with it? If that makes sense, um, no. but no, it's given take. Really, I mean, it's wouldn't a, have existed until now. Right. Absolutely. It's a de- it's a device that has GPS, a compass, an accelerometer, a fairly large screen, and a constant data connection. I mean, that that's not yeah. something that we've ever had before. Oh and, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Now, at what so, point in the game do we get to say that we are Borg and resistance is futile? <laughs> There is. Oh, I don't, actually, I can't give away any spoilers. I don't want to give away any spoilers. But Ooh. no, no, please don't. Um, no, the story is fantastic because it feels like a, a a real world. I mean, you're you're being prompted all throughout the game to to react to things, and and just like you said, it doesn't say there's a there's a a big monster in front of you because that's not something that could be realistic. But when it when they say that there's uh, a person who's looking for you, who knows that you're in this area, you've got to get away right now. Don't run because they'll notice that. Walk away. Make sure that your head is, your face is hidden. I mean, that's, I, I was completely, <laughs> I was, I bought in entirely to the, to the entire thing. You know, I had my hood up and my earbuds were in and I was, you know, I, at one point I was walking down a street and uh, my handler told me to turn around because they had spotted me. And so I turned around. I must have walked past this one section of the street <laughs> six times back and forth while people are standing around at the Starbucks going, what the fuck? I was going to say, this is <laughs> very, very Philip K. Dick. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, there's actually, we have a trailer that, um, um, a game trailer we decided we, right, out, right away we were all going to use the skills we were best at. And so there's actually quite a lot bit of video in the game. There's, um, and live action actors as well. And not, not in that kind of weird way back, I suppose, in the 80s or 90s where there were experiments. We had a very badly pixelated bad actor who was in a CG flat environment. But these are, you know, at, at times you tap into um, security cameras that are supposedly in the buildings that are near you. And, uh, and so that's when you see and you eavesdrop on on real actors, these real characters. At other times, you're able to activate people's phones. Um, there was something else that you said that reminded me of... <laughs> well, there, there was one time at, it, where one of the missions was centered around one of my locations in my area, which happened to be a school. 
Luckily, hmm. it was the weekend because I kept having to go up to the school and then away and then up to the school and away. <laughs> and, you know, this this guy in a hooded jacket with earbuds in and sunglasses on going up to the school and away and walking. Nice Java. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. We're going to make the news at some point, aren't we? Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, well, I, I live... I live yep. in Manchester, New Hampshire, and for mm. the next month and a half, this is the political center of the world because mm -hmm. every Republican candidate is in town right now and all the press. And the president was just here so with all the Secret Service crawling all over <laughs> town and blocking off roads. Folks, this would be a really fun environment to play this game in. <laughs> oh, God. We've taken on the note of, of safety and responsibility, we are really taking steps, obviously, to make sure that people don't unnecessarily, um, you know, cause alarm. But really, a person, it's, you know, your, your headphones are in, so you're the only person experiencing it. Um, but um, that's interesting, walking up to the school. What, what, another cool aspect of the game is that players also will help to build up the uh, and improve the game map because the whole world is a game map and and it uses a combination of Google Maps as well as uh, our own database to help fill out the story so as you're playing the game what's happening in the, in the script and story sense is that we have a certain character uh, let's say Puckstone this guy codenamed Puckstone and he's up to no good and you're trying to follow him or trying to figure out where he's been at uh, it will look in the background. It'll go, is the player within 500 meters of a school? That's the first choice. No. How about uh, a bank? No. And it has sort of these maybe five choices. Okay, this, the player's not anywhere near this. Maybe a bus stop. Very often they're near a bus stop. They're they're, thereby, you know, trigger bus stop location and trigger audio related to bus stop. So it'll say, I think he hopped on a bus. You just lost him. And it all happens very quickly and seamlessly. And you get a number of these that feel very personalized. And you're also, we went with a style right away that was, um, you know, just authentic. You know, this, the, the, we tried as much as possible. This guy talking on the radio, he doesn't go, listen to me, spy. Your enemy's around the corner. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. He's almost, I know, which is, a, we, we were joking while we were developing the game uh, about that voice. But this guy is almost like uh, right around, uh, basically took from military um, radio jargon speak and, and police dispatch. They sound so bored. Um, yeah. And it just. There are it, times when your handler is talking to another guy uh, yeah. in the room and you're like, <laughs> it's actually it's very well written because you know I found myself chuckling as I'm walking down the street you know and people are passing me going what <laughs> okay weird and, guy collar up glasses and he's laughing yeah. to himself and he's and he's giggling okay oh my god but I mean it's it, it's such a well written story and, and again not to give anything away but you find yourself at this point in the story where you have to make choices and you don't have all the information. It's, it's really great. I, the question that I have is that it took me about three and a half, maybe four hours to finish because I couldn't stop. Uh, I, I mean, I you had no choice? or I couldn't. I, I, you I was, enjoyed it? I, I was so into it that I kept playing. In fact, afterwards, uh, I, was, I happened to be uh, walking past a friend's house on my way after finishing it, and I, I knocked on his door and said, you have to play this game. I'm going to go home and buy it for you. Promise me you'll play this game. Um, awesome. And, and it, it, it really uh, it made me want to know more. Do we have more content coming? Uh, absolutely, yeah. We have a plan for a whole, um, a whole world. Um, uh, yeah, we have more content coming. Um, it all depends on the success of this version of the game. We're literally, this is the first interview I've ever given about this game. We had a very soft, quiet release. It was announced on Facebook. That was pretty much it. And we, and we wanted to see what was going to happen, how the, how the servers would handle it. Um, not, not the um, folks at the restaurant, meaning our database. But we... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. well, yeah take it in. Nobody debuts on Facebook. You come to Sci-Fi Saturday night. Yeah, right. So this that, really is the first announcement. Um, but so we're... we're, we're we're listening very carefully to how we couldn't. Even, it was very hard to get the testers to play it. We had, I believe, two people out of the forty 
actually play the game. One of the things we found is that they just didn't actually understand that you have to go outside. And second of all, it's not a time killer. It is a pastime, right? It's, it's, it's a hobby. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to set aside time to go code running. Um, it's, you know, it's inspired by geocaching as well. It's that kind of a thing. So I have a yeah, question it- from the chat room. Um, Scooter wants to know if having more people in your area makes the game, it, does that enhance the sort of gameplay? Or if you're the only one in your area playing, if, if that makes any sort of difference. If, if there's some, like, say I'm playing Code Runner, the person down, down the street is too. Yeah. Will the game know and hook us into each other? No, it oh. won't. It's something that we would like to do. Well, I mean, for very real, you know, privacy reasons. Um, we can't have people just coming online and, and saying, hey, there's a guy who go there, go... Go chase him. Go talk to uh, this guy. Uh, certainly, for, <laughs> for, for <laughs> go talk to this guy. Yeah. Tell him, tell him, Puckstone wants him dead. Um, <laughs> we have now I, on a cool note. Guy <laughs> actually, on a cool note, there's uh, the game also. There's virtual drops. There's things where you uh, you don't physically interact with the environment. But then, uh, pulling from geocaching, um, players can actually make um, physical drops, which are like geocaches, where you will find what another player has done is hidden a password. Uh, you know, cleverly, either within a fake lost cat poster with the password in it or or maybe a, a, you know, a hollow rock. Um, and, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. But the biggest factor, I think, is being in a, in a suburban area with no commercial uh, locations. Is, it's, not, it's not a great experience um, because it's not pulling from anything interesting. Um, you can absolutely play it anywhere. The more people play it, I think the better your game map gets. But I've been testing it in an area where, you know, I created a second fake guy to to create codes that I could then go and find and feel happy about. But um, it so what, does you're play saying I well. Take the train into downtown Boston before I start it up. Um, you could go to your strip mall. <laughs> Wait a minute, you call it a strip mall, don't you? Sure. Yes. Yeah, that's close. Yeah. Enough. Okay. Good. Well, no, well, that, that means something very different down here. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I a mini mall yeah. or um um you don't you don't. I mean, just to get uh, uh, the taste of it, you can go there. Uh, you, yeah, you can you can go just just go somewhere where there's there's businesses. Um, but it will work. It will work anywhere. Yeah. It. it I like I said before the show. I think I, I after playing the game, I bought it for four other people. Uh, all of us live in the downtown uh, area, and you know they. I've already seen that they've gone and visited my drops, and I've and you know um, that's what, those are some of the achievements in the game is that people visit your drops and things like that. And it's it's been really interesting, you know, because it isn't uh, it isn't like you said uh, it isn't a time waster game. It's not Angry Birds. It's not. I'm going to play this while I'm in line. You know. Um, waiting for my turn it's really an intent it's more of uh, an interactive fiction type of work it's a choose your own adventure story type of thing uh more than it is a pick up and play game yeah and i think in in response to you guys uh talking about how you know the multiplayer or co-op um we we've seen an expression i mean the, the response from people who who've been you know, the, it's been great. You know, the user response has been terrific, um, and we're ready to just ramp up our our marketing up to let people know that it's out there now. Um, but we, I really do see a, a, a future where I want the players to inform us as to how to develop it, how to how to make these this game have more features and tools to allow them to build out their local areas and to build up sleeper cells or or. Oh my God, um, guys! Boston Comic Con. Uh, you know, oh! I thought about that. Oh! <laughs> <It's, laughs> we are going to set aside a couple hours, and we are going to have you, the time of our lives. Yeah, Jeff, if you, oh if you didn't God. know, we're, we're the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, and, and I think that that would be a great thing to do, is to, is to pimp Code Runner at the con. Oh, oh agreed, agreed. But you guys will be the, what do you call that, the, the, you guys will have broken the story, you're the first... Uh, Laughing Squid, the blog, uh, posted it, but you're the first one to do an interview about it. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate it. I do. I think it's I'm, this is a great opportunity, actually, to talk to, even to talk out what the game is and to and to 
you know, get With my people pat who responses. understand it. People who understand <laughs> it. Because someone who's played it from having done, you know, yeah, it's weird. absolutely. I, I, you guys uh, have, you know, some of you guys have worked in the press. It's weird. It, there's, it's not uncommon. The person interviewing you actually may not have even seen the thing. I, I, when I was doing interviews for Tiki Bar, new media always knew it, but there'd be traditional broadcast television. The reporter would show up and he would get the name of the show wrong and didn't even understand the show. I'm like, he was just assigned to it. And he's like, how do I get out of this as quickly as possible? <laughs> Java, Java, did this remind you at all of Mac Heist much? It did, but it worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it worked. Yeah, you know, I, I really, I really feel like that's where they were trying to go when they tried the ARG stuff, and they just like wasn't there at the time. Mac Heist, the the, bun- the software bundling deal. Yeah, yes. I worked yes. for them. Oh, and it, you tried to do? You were doing an ARG. Yeah, at one point, what was it? Mac Heist two. They tried to do ARG stuff. It was. It was two because it, it was, was the first one that I did. It was horrible. People got arrested. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, like, we want to avoid that. Like, that's yeah, one of our fun. bike messengers or something, I guess, got arrested. Oh, oh that's awesome. And, and, like, you know, it just, it, ARG was sort of new at that point. It was a new concept. It wasn't really as well thought through as it could have been. Mm. I, we're not re- putting up this section in case they're listening. Um, but, but, no, you know, so, I mean, like, it was frustrating for everyone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've taken we we we're, we've taken steps, uh, and and we're trying to be careful. Well, we're not trying to be. We are being careful with it because it is a game, um, um, and luckily, you know, there's there's a precedent with geocaching. There's 1.5 million geocaches around the world, and to my knowledge, that hasn't caused any alarm. I don't think anybody should ever make a cache that looks like a that's like a pipe with duct tape. But uh, <laughs> no, that's incredibly <laughs> stupid. It's really bad. Don't um, do that. Aquatine Hunger Force had a bad incident, I remember. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was around these parts. That was in Boston. Aqu- that was yeah. in Is Boston. It? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that Actually, wasn't even no. anything that was really bad. It just kind of was glowing stickers. No. Uh, yeah. what, was oh. bad was, what was bad was the movie. No, no, no. no. Oh, remember, they hijacked, they hijacked that one sign so it looked like the Moon Knights were giving somebody the finger. And I hated the Moon Knights anyway. Yeah. But they were coming down, what was it, 93, you're driving into the Boston, and there was a moon and I giving people the finger. Yes. On one of those <laughs> oh, that's songs. right. That's the one that everyone got freaked out about. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so for the listeners, you can also check out the very, well, the rather exciting trailer um, at CodeRunnerGame.com. Don't what, confuse What we're going to do, Jeff, is we're going to post the, uh, the website, CodeRunnerGame. We're going to post the Facebook page, and we're also going to post the Twitter feed. That's so awesome. That all of our listeners and uh, all of our readers can take a look at it and uh, and talk to us about it when we're at Boston Comic Con and talk to us about it when we're at Granite State Comic Con and see if we can get some buzz walking with this because this is one incredibly cool new idea. Oh my God, Java! Before Comic Con, like in like March, I'm gonna go play down by the Heinz and I'm gonna make you play while Comic Con is going on and see if you can find my stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. That would be sweet. I know. And J- Java also, when we have, I think we're gonna get a forum online pretty soon too. Any or just even just heck, you got my email. I'd love to hear any feedback or thoughts uh, on on how it plays, how we can improve it, where we can go with it. Absolutely. You know, uh, maybe we'll do a, a special thing, uh, a special code that people can uh, find um, and bring back to us at the table. To get a button. Ooh, Ooh what a great yeah. special yeah. buttons just for special that. Mm-hmm. Code Runner, Sci-Fi Saturday Night buttons. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. All right, I'll get drawing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have Illustrator X with us. Throw it on the pile. <laughs> hey, Thank you so much for being on the show, Jeff. We really appreciate Ooh. it. It's been awesome. This has been Thank awesome. you guys. Stay I had a great us. time. Wait, stay with us, Jake, Jeff. Please stay with us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't run away as most people do. Coming up next week, author Steve Roman debuts the saga of Pandora's Wyback with the novel Blood Feud. Then on December 10th, the star of Aliens, Near Dark, Pumpkinhead, and Millennium, actor Lance Henriksen. 
with author Joe Madry talking about Lance's new biography, Not Bad for a Human. Then on December 17th, we have a bone to pick with author Christy Peterson Schoonover and her novel Skeletons in the Swimming Hole. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Don't? I want to thank Dr. Tiki Jeff McPherson for what has been an incredibly, incredibly cool hour. Jeff, thank you so much, man. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. From the Revere Time Vortex, it's the sweetheart of the soundboard, Brianna. Darling, thank you for everything that you do. You're welcome. And from the Four Color Vault of Comics, Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Love you guys. Shaking it like a Polaroid picture. (laughs) Good evening, darlings. (laughs) Not Post Gallifrey, our gaming editor. Hey, Java. Thank you, buddy. Hey, man, I'm just the dude. (laughs) This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. By the way, don't bother looking for your laxative on a rope. What do you mean, myself on a rope? Trust me on this one. <laughs>